Our scripture reading this afternoon is John chapter 10. John chapter 10. read the first 30 verses of John 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, 
they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So far we read God's holy word. The text for the sermon is verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the text that we consider is part of Jesus' pointed instruction in which he makes some very careful and blatant even distinctions, first of all between himself, the good shepherd, and the shepherds that are faithful to him as opposed to those whom he calls robbers and thieves who are there to destroy the church. They were the leaders of the church in that day, the scribes and the Pharisees. He also makes a distinction between those who are his elect, given to him from eternity, and those who are not his sheep, such as the Pharisees. He expressly states it of them. You are not my sheep. Those are the reprobate, the rejected of God. He does all of that using figurative language, the language of a shepherd and sheep and a sheepfold, figures of speech, metaphors that are common in Scripture and set forth as clearly as ever in this chapter of the Bible. Sheep are pictures of God's chosen people, fitting because, like sheep, God's people are defenseless and helpless. They are often stubborn and very foolish animals, so likewise God's people. The shepherd is also a picture, a picture, first of all, of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who cares for his sheep with perfect care. He loves them, and he determines to gather them together, and he will even demonstrate his love by laying down his life for his sheep. But secondarily, the shepherd points to the shepherd of the flock, namely the minister of the gospel. In the Old Testament, the prophets were sometimes called shepherds, and so also in the New Testament, sometimes we speak of a minister as an under-shepherd. That is, Jesus is the shepherd of the church, and a minister is an under-shepherd, caring for the sheep in the name of Jesus Christ. All these figures lie behind the text that we consider this afternoon. The emphasis in the text is on Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who gathers his elect people from the beginning of the world to the end. He gathered them while he was on the earth in his especially his three and a half years of public ministry, 
And then after his death and resurrection, he will continue to gather his church, especially from the Gentiles. They are the other sheep of the text. I have other sheep, Jesus said. For consider the fact that long, not long after the, Jesus spoke these words, he died on the cross, he ascended into heaven, and there he remains physically until the day that he comes again on the clouds of heaven. So the question is, how will he gather these other sheep? And that's what he says he will do. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And then he says, and they shall hear my voice. So how will Jesus gather his other sheep and how will they hear his voice? And the answer is that the voice of Jesus Christ is heard by lively preaching of the gospel, by an ordained minister of the word. That's how the other sheep are gathered. That's how they hear the voice of Jesus Christ. That is of great significance for us this afternoon in this installation service as Reverend Halsteg will be installed into the office of preacher of the gospel, called by God to be one who speaks the truth of Jesus Christ. And through that preaching, you will hear the voice of Jesus Christ. So let's examine this text under the theme, the shepherd's voice, the shepherd's voice. We'll notice in the first place the sound, its sound. Secondly, its reception. And thirdly, its effect. When I speak of the sound, you understand I'm not talking merely about the sound of a minister's voice that you can hear my voice or Reverend Falstag's voice. But what I mean by that is what characterizes the preaching in which you hear the voice of Jesus Christ. There are four things that I want to call to your attention. Probably there are other things, but I will call attention to four things, four characteristics of the preaching that must be there in order for you to hear the voice of Jesus Christ through that preaching. First of all, this preaching has a ring of authority authority. And that's because the preaching belongs to the official ministry of the word, to an office in the church of Jesus Christ. The authority of the preaching does not rest on a man. It never does. The authority is not on his powerful oratory or his demanding presence, commanding presence in the pulpit. It does not depend on his intellectual ability to be able to persuade you or his ability to craft a sermon and deliver it well. That's not the authority of a sermon. Rather, it comes with his office. With the office comes the authority to speak in the name of Jesus Christ, to speak his word. A preacher represents Christ in the office of prophet. He stands as a shepherd in Christ's place. 
He has the right to speak the word of God with authority. Now understand, as believers, we can all speak the word. We may all take the word of God to someone and, and bring that word and say, this is the word of God that I'm bringing to you. We all have that, that ability. We all have that right. But the difference is that a minister comes and says, this is the word of God, and you must hear it. You must hear this word of God. This is an authoritative word that the minister brings. This authority to speak this way is conferred by Christ himself. No one takes it to himself. No one says, I'm going to be a spokesman of Jesus Christ. And no one else can give it. You as a congregation, consistory nominated, you as a, the men of the congregation had the authority to vote, and you extended a call, and yet the authority to preach does not come from you. The authority to preach comes from Jesus Christ, even though this is the way he was called here through Jesus Christ. Christ called him through you, but the authority to preach does not come from you or from the consistory. It comes from Christ, from Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 states it that way. Ephesians chapter 4, we read there in verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Everyone in the congregation has his own place, and every one of us is given the gift according to the gift of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 11, and he, Christ, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers is what we're talking about. This is what Christ does. And Romans chapter 10 also says that a preacher must be sent. How shall they preach except they be sent? And the sending is not by the church, first of all, but it's by Jesus Christ who sends a man here. Jesus Christ sent Reverend Hallstake here to this congregation to be his spokesman. That gives the preaching the authority that it must have. A man does not go into the pulpit and say, I think. That's not what he says. He says, nor does he say, well, you understand, I had a seminary training and I'm able to expound the word of God. And because of my training and because my ability to expound the word of God, now you have to listen to me. It's not based on that at all. He says, this is what the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord. And I will show you that that's what he says. I will show you from the Bible. This is the word of the Lord to you today. That's what preaching does. Preaching, where Christ speaks, first of all, has authority. Secondly, the preaching where Christ speaks is the setting forth of the truth of the Bible. The truth of the Bible. It sets forth the truth of God. Who is God? What kind of God is he? It shows forth his sovereignty, his holiness, his righteousness, and his perfect love. It shows him as the triune God who is a covenant God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living together in blessed covenant life. And 
determining to dwell with his people in and through Jesus Christ. Always the revelation of God is through Jesus Christ. That's how we know God. That's how God is determined to show us who he is. Here is God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what the preaching sets forth Sunday after Sunday. The preaching sets forth who is man. Man is a creature created in goodness, created in holiness, but a man who fell, who has fallen and become depraved, ugly and perverse, and who therefore is in absolute need of being saved from his sin and brought unto righteousness. And then it sets forth the cross. Salvation in the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing in it of man. All of Jesus Christ. That's salvation. All of God's sovereign, particular grace. Preaching sets forth God, sets forth who we are, and then the cross of Jesus Christ. Christ speaks through that. The message of the truth of, God, of the word of God must set forth the truth antithetically. So it is rejecting the lie. It is exposing the lie to, so that we all understand what we must reject. He does that in order to defend the truth. He does that in order to set the forth the truth all the more clearly so that we can understand what is the truth of God over against the lie. People must confess that. This is what I believe. I reject that. So that we will clearly understand the truth about God, about ourselves, and about salvation in the cross. It must be the truth of the Bible. This is the word of Jesus Christ. This is what feeds the souls of the sheep of Jesus Christ. We are dependent as sheep upon this food from Sunday to Sunday. So important to us, it is. It comforts us with all our burdens and our sorrows. It strengthens us. The preaching is the means of grace that God has determined to strengthen us from Sunday to Sunday. It chastens us. It rebukes us. It directs us in right paths. The word of God must be the truth of the Bible. You will recognize the voice of Jesus Christ when it is setting forth the truth of the Bible. The preaching of the gospel has authority. The preaching is the preaching of the truth of the word of God. Thirdly, you will recognize the voice of the shepherd because of the love that you hear in that message. Christ, the good shepherd, delights to describe God's love for his people, an eternal love. God eternally loved his people. There never was a moment in all of, well, now we, we struggle even to explain it, but in all of God's existence, he always loved his people. I can't even, can't even really grasp that because God is not, a time-bound God. He's, God always was, but eternally in his mind, he loved his people. Eternally, he determined to adopt his people as his own children. He determined to establish an eternal covenant of grace with them. Christ would be the mediator and the head of that covenant who would bring the people into God's own covenant life. And he's the redeemer 
God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the love of God seen, especially in the cross. And Christ delights not only to tell us about the love of God, but his own love. His own love. You remember how he said to his disciples, Greater love hath no one than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, he says. I lay down my life for you. And that's what this chapter is all about. He loves his sheep. He loves them unceasingly. There can't be any question about that. The only explanation for Jesus being willing to go to the cross, to go to the depths of hell, is his tremendous love for you. And the sermon sets that forth. The love of Jesus Christ. This love is even reflected in the under-shepherd. The minister gives of himself. Jesus laid down his life for us, but a pastor will give of himself. The Bible says he spends himself. He's, his own health is not important. What's important is how much I am serving the sheep. He spends himself for the sake of the sheep. Pastor's love comes out in the preaching and in the teaching. He speaks the truth in love, always in love. No matter what he says, it's because he loves you, because he loves you. He comes with the comfort of the word of God in your troubles, in love. In love, he admonishes to a godly life. Yes, even when he needs to bring a rebuke. It's not in a harsh way. It's not to tear you down. It's not to club you over the head. It's in love, even when he must bring a strong rebuke, especially then, firm, but in the love of Jesus Christ. That love seeks the salvation of every member of this church. That's what he's doing. He's seeking the salvation of every member of this congregation. There is a bond that unites a pastor to his flock, a bond of love. And that bond is not superficial. The bond does not mean that the pastor is able to get along with everybody. He's got a pleasant personality and he's able to respond to you and to you and to you. That may be true. That may be true, but that's not what I'm talking about. This is a bond of love that connects a pastor's heart to yours. That bond has been forming already, and it will continue to be formed as he works in and among you. The love of Jesus Christ characterizes the voice of the Good Shepherd. The voice of the Good Shepherd. It has authority. It is always speaking the truth, always in love, always in love. Third, fourth, it's particular. The message of the gospel is particular. It's a message to his sheep. That's what this chapter is all about. My sheep hear my voice. I'm talking to my sheep. That's the message. 
He calls his own sheep by name, Jesus said in, in chapter 10, verse 3. He calls them all by name, and, they, and, and he leadeth them out, his own sheep. Some of the congregation or some who come into the door might not be sheep. They might not be the sheep of God, those given to Jesus Christ. But the sheep hear the voice. Jesus calls through the preaching of the gospel. The pastor cannot distinguish. The pastor cannot look over the flock and say, well, I don't think that person is a sheep, or I don't think that one is, but the rest of them seem to be. The pastor cannot do that. But Jesus Christ certainly does. He knows his sheep. And the pastor simply preaches the gospel with authority, manifesting the truth, manifesting the love of Jesus Christ. But along with the preaching of the gospel is the work of the Spirit. There is what we call the external call, the call to come to Christ, and the call to believe in Jesus Christ. And that, of course, is a call anybody can resist. But there's an internal call, the call of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, Jesus himself calls powerfully his sheep unto himself. He leads them unto himself. But he uses the preaching of the gospel. Because this powerful, mysterious work of God is such that he works in the hearts of his elect people. He works in them faith. He works in them life. He gives them what they need. And then the preaching of the gospel comes and it calls to conscious faith, and it calls to conscious living out of the life of Jesus Christ. It calls to conversion, and we respond, and we obey, because Christ has worked in us by his spirit, but the preaching calls us consciously to do it. It's particular. It calls his sheep unto himself. Others will be scattered. They will not want anything to do with the word of God as it is preached. But he calls his people, his sheep, unto himself. What a tremendous responsibility comes on all of us today. Comes on the pastor to be faithful in his office. To be conscious of the authority that is not him, the authority of Jesus Christ that has been placed upon him, the responsibility to speak the truth of the Bible, only the truth of the Bible, no opinions, only what does Christ want me to say, to speak it in love and to address God's people in the preaching of the gospel so that Christ's voice is heard here in the preaching, in the catechism room, in a special way for the lambs. What a responsibility is laid upon them. And then to all of us, the responsibility to honor our pastor as a representative of Christ himself. That's what we have to see. Be conscious that the preaching has the authority of Christ speaking to us, not that of a learned man, 
of a seminary graduate, a man with some experience in the ministry. That's not what gives it authority. It's of Jesus Christ. That's why we must hear it and must receive it properly. So let's turn to that, the reception. The voice of the shepherd is heard. The voice of the shepherd must be received because he is the shepherd and we are his sheep. At the beginning of the sermon, we pointed out that the people of God are pictured as sheep and that certainly is appropriate. We are sheep. Sheep are very helpless. They're very helpless from every point of view. Even for basic things, sheep cannot simply be left on their own. They will not find the food, and they will not find the water, and they will not find the shelter that they need. They, they don't have the ability to pursue even the basic things of life. They need to be led and cared for. They are helpless also in the sense that they are defenseless animals. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They can't run very fast. They have no way of defending themselves. If they are attacked by wolves or bears or lions, they're, they're helpless. They're defenseless against all the attacks. And they're also foolish. Sheep can be incredibly stubborn. They're prone to wander. They're prone to wander off after the wrong way. of. There are stories of sheep that literally will follow one of their members right off a cliff. And one after another, the whole flock of sheep will die because they followed one foolish sheep to their destruction. That's what sheep do. They follow. They follow. They don't think. That's, all, that's true of us. We are sheep. We're prone to wander. We are prone to wander. After Psalm 119 has 170-some verses about the Word of God, the importance to follow it. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. That's what we do. We willfully ignore the voice of Jesus Christ. We go our own ways that lead to trouble and sorrow. We depart from the way that is right. We are like sheep. It's necessary, therefore, that we pay particular attention to the voice of the shepherd, the voice of Christ. In humble obedience, acknowledging that we, we as a congregation, we are a congregation of sheep. We are. We're not prone to obedience. We're prone to disobedience. When we get up in the morning, the first thing we do not think of is, oh, how can I obey God today? That's not my first thought. That's not your first thought. We're prone by nature to the very opposite, to the wrong way, to straying. We need to pray regularly for God's grace to submit ourselves to the instruction of the preaching of the gospel, to bow before Jesus Christ, acknowledge his goodness, his love, his mercy toward us, and then to thank him for the pastor that he has given us to lead us and guide us in the word. And then to pray for that pastor. Don't stop praying for your pastor. And then follow him. This is not the blind following of a man. When you follow your pastor, it's not a blind following of a man. 
We're not obligated ever to do something just because our pastor said this is what we ought to do. That's not what I'm speaking of here. But we follow because we hear the voice of Jesus Christ. We hear the voice of the shepherd. We recognize the voice. We follow it because we hear the voice of the good shepherd. It's unmistakable. It has the authority. It has the truth. It has the love of Jesus Christ. It's speaking to me, and I follow. This kind of reception is possible only by faith. Only by faith, not by sight. If we're going to go by sight, then there will be all kinds of obstacles for us to follow, to receive the word of Jesus Christ. We will look at our pastor and very soon find out that he's just an ordinary guy. He's just a man like, like all of us are people. He's, he's just a human being. Some will say, kind of young, doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Here I am. I've lived way longer than him. I have way more experience than he does. I, why should I listen to him? Another will say, well, yeah, he, he makes a good point, but he, he has sins of his own, you know, and now he's telling us that, that we shouldn't do this or we must do that, and he's got his own sins that I see in his life. It's very easy if we are just looking by the eyes of our flesh, we will find all kinds of reasons why we do not have to hear the preaching of the gospel. Whenever we don't like it, there, we can find reasons why we do not have to listen to what is preached. That's the eyes of faith. That's our own human reasoning. That's, our, that's not the eyes of faith. That's the eyes of the flesh. But faith responds differently. Faith says, first of all, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his promises that we will hear his voice. That's what he says in the text. They must hear my voice. He promises that. You will hear it. The promise that Jesus Christ calls his own spokesmen, his under-shepherds, to the office. And now, believing that Jesus Christ has called Elvin Halstrand to speak here, to speak the word of Jesus Christ. Faith trusts that Jesus Christ will speak to us through this man, that he will speak to us with authority, that he will feed us, that he will strengthen my faith under the preaching of the gospel. Yes, that he will expose my sins, that he will rebuke me when necessary. I need to know that Jesus Christ will care for the flock, through this man, whatever we need, instruction, encouragement, rebuke, admonition, he will bring it. Jesus will bring it. That, of course, is possible only for Jesus' sheep. In verse 4, he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And they know his voice because they are sheep the sheep of Jesus Christ. They've been chosen eternally in Jesus Christ. They've been redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ, born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. They have the gifts of faith. 
They have the love of God put into their hearts so that they love God in response as God put that into them. They have the grace of obedience so that they can hear and obey the word. Because we are sheep, we're far from perfect. Far from that. We can act like goats, push each other around, be mean and ordinary, ornery when the preaching doesn't go the way we'd like. Some of them, some people even try sometime to get rid of a minister, push him out. Can we get rid of this man? But because they are sheep, because they are sheep, the preaching of the gospel will have its effect. The Spirit uses preaching to shape us, to mold us, so that even the oldest and the most cantankerous follow like lambs. The preaching has that power to make someone to listen and to obey the word of Jesus Christ. They're not following a man. They're following Jesus and his voice. That must be your response as a congregation to receive the word, to hear it, to receive it joyfully the word of Jesus Christ, knowing that this is the way of salvation. That's what it is. We ignore the word of Jesus Christ to our own destruction. Sheep will wander. And what we will do is wander off and fall into the deep ravines of this world and that to our great peril. The text warns, don't do that. When you hear the voice of the good shepherd, he calls you. And he leads you with authority in the ways of obedience. Follow that. Follow Jesus Christ. Do not go your own way. It must be received by faith as a sheep of Jesus Christ. What would be the effect then of that word when Jesus himself speaks here? Understand that the preaching is the power of God unto salvation in them that believe. We saw already that preaching is the means that God uses to bring his people to salvation, the external call of the gospel, the internal irresistible work of the Spirit that works faith and that turns someone unto Jesus Christ and the preaching of the gospel makes it to be active. Understand that this is necessary for all of our salvation. We, the congregation, have been called out of darkness into light by the work of the Spirit working in us and the preaching calling us. But we continue to need that. This is God's way. We cannot stand in our own strength. We will not follow the right way if we are left on our own. We need to be led we need to be fed. Without the preaching of the gospel, we will starve. Without the preaching of the gospel, we will wander far away from Jesus Christ. That's what will happen. This is God's way. To hear the preaching week after week, this is the power of God. It's a power in us in everyone that believes to hear the preaching all the way to the end of our life. This is how he saves us, preserves us, and brings us to 
our eternal holiness. But the voice of Jesus Christ must be heard also outside this congregation. When Jesus says in the text, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The voice of the good shepherd must not be heard merely here, the voice of the Good Shepherd must be heard outside the walls of this congregation. There must be an effort to have that word go forth into all of the region, into this town and into all the other towns around, that the, the message of the gospel is proclaimed far and wide. Even as we, to our sorrow, see other Reformed churches diminishing and some closing, even as to our sorrow, we have had people that have left us and we long with all our hearts to have them come back under the preaching of the gospel. That's our hope. That's our desire to send forth the word of Jesus Christ and let that have its power as it calls the sheep of Jesus Christ unto him. The preaching brings us together. The preaching brings true unity. The voice of the shepherd does not scatter. The voice of a minister is not something that he uses for his own benefit and he sounds it out and what, he ha what actually happens is the sheep scatter but the voice of the shepherd calls together. It calls to unity. He gently, the shepherd, therefore, of the flock, gently leads. He guides on the basis of Scripture and brings with patience and love the message of Jesus Christ. That unifies us. We're drawn together by the power of Jesus Christ as the preaching goes forth. So that, as Jesus said, there may be one fold and one shepherd. That's our desire. Unity in the faith. Also those who are without, we want them. And that's Jesus' work. He says that explicitly. I must bring them. I must bring them. Your pastor can't bring them in. You and I cannot bring them in. But Christ does. That's the effect of the preaching of the gospel. That's the effect of the sound of Jesus' voice going out. It gathers the sheep into one fold and one, one shepherd, under one shepherd. May God bless us as a congregation. May God bless your pastor in the work of preaching the word of God to you and even throughout this region. The congregation is built up in the faith and unified in the truth. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy word of truth and for the glorious gift of the preaching of the gospel. Use it, Lord. Use it mightily. Use it powerfully for the good of us as a congregation and use our pastor for that tremendous work to which Jesus Christ himself has called him in this place. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.